Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Episode two, all about user experience. Usually I say we're recording in the garage, but we're heating things up with heat maps and Quentin, who heads up uxforge.com. Quentin, welcome to the forge. Sorry, uxforge.io. I do the same thing with uh with rolled up. Uh one day we'll get we'll be able to buy some some dot coms. But until then, we need to get more users to the site see what they're doing and a great way to do that is with heat maps uh there are a number of tools out there and uh please stop me at, at any point where where i'm wrong but they record visitors to your website where they go where they stop scrolling where they click where they hover over the mouse and just tracks how they're interacting with your website and give you a ton of data about your own site but they're not always used correctly so quentin i would love to hear from your experience how merchants can use those uh, heat maps, those tools to create better experiences for their customers and users. Sure, sounds great. I mean, they're they're absolutely indispensable to the kind of work that I do, because I, as a designer, I don't, I don't, I try to not pretend to know how uh, my my clients, their customers, use the website that. Uh, that was built for them, or even that I've built for them, because humans humans just tend to, to to use things in the way that feels most comfortable, and that that's not usually that's not often the way that they're designed. So, heat heat mapping tools are are incredibly useful to me as a designer when making decisions about what to do on a store to increase conversions or average order value through. Uh, either upselling or um, just improving the journey of the of, of the user and their experience on the site, uh, I, I I literally could not do my job without them. And I've used heat maps as as well. I'd love to hear how you, as a professional, use heat maps versus me as uh, I'll, I'll give myself a little bit of credit as sort of a professional amateur, but not someone who who specializes in user experience. Sure. Well, um, so. I think that heat mapping tools are really useful to uh, to to many, mm-hmm. uh, not just to designers like myself, but also to merchants who are trying to understand a bit better how their users use their sites. But I think that to get the full value out of it, you you probably need to to contact somebody who has has that deep knowledge of user psychology and perhaps some analytics skills. So myself, I. I, I'm a user experience designer, and that means that I specialize on the on the visual and uh, the the what the customer sees when they keep clicking through the site. But there's also such a thing as a user experience researcher, and those are the guys and girls who look at the data that uh, people gather in analytics or through these heat mapping tools, and they they cross reference that with the current design and me as a user desi- yeah, user experience designer when i'm working with one of those people i feel like i've got superpowers because i'm not assuming that what i'm seeing on the heat map or on the front end of the site is the truth i can actually 
bounce some ideas and theories off of, a, of an analytics person, and they can validate those assumptions for me. So, um, so I would I would say that as a merchant, you've got a lot of great tools at your disposal uh, in the domain of heat mapping. You've got Hotjar. Hotjar is the very popular one. Crazy Egg is another one that I have used. They're both they're both basically functionally the same. You install them in a script tag and you on your site, and you start gathering data. And um, and after a month or so of traffic, you have a heat map that demonstrates to you where your users are clicking, where they're hovering their mice, and w- and even records where they're going throughout the store. There's, there'll be a recordings tab where, we, where you can see how users are clicking through and navigating through the site from the homepage or wherever they enter the site on a, on a content page all the way through to checkout, hopefully, or where they abandon and um, those recordings are super useful too. That, that's on the face of it how heat mapping tools work. But maybe you look at the, at the heat map and you see, wow, there are a lot of people clicking on that search bar. And you're thinking, uh, wow, uh, it's, it, uh, the search bar is so important to people. Obviously, they, they, they want to use the search bar a lot. Let's make it bigger so people can click on it easier. But Maybe you're not you're not considering the next step. What are people searching for? So we had a client that had uh, that had this exact problem, and they said, "Well, let's make the search bar bigger." And um, and essentially, almost everybody on the website was searching for the exact same thing. They were searching for rabbit food. So the basically one of the only user journeys that were taking place on the site was user arrives on the homepage, user clicks search bar, user types in hay, and user lands on the product page for the hay product. And that was it. So that kind of tells me that perhaps you want to consider uh, a change in design strategy. If people are only interested in your hay, perhaps that's the product you should be putting front and center instead of making your search bar bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's funny. It's just such a, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode of following the data versus following your gut. If you follow the data, it could be very easy to say, well, we have 10,000 searches a day, but if 9,990 of them are for the same product, it's not the search bar that needs (laughs) to be optimized. It's what people are searching for. Absolutely. It's all about understanding what your users are actually doing, not what you think they're doing. There's very, very different things. I think that a lot of merchants um, think that they know what their users are doing on their website, but I, I, I think that often that might be a misconception. To actually really understand what your users are doing, you could use something like Hotjar or Crazy Egg, or you could ask them. You could, you could either do a user survey or you could speak to them on the phone and, and, and put the question to them. That's really the only way that that you're actually going to get to know what your users actually want is to actually have that relationship with them. And I don't think that enough people actually do that uh, based on what I've seen. No. <laughs> I would love it more people try to understand their website from their customer's perspective, not from, from what they think, how they think the website, website should work. And that was something that I always did as a merchant was once somebody had ordered sort of three or four times, I just asked them about like, hey, what do you think about ordering online? And we were selling dog treats. So it's not really, especially three, four years ago, not exactly the what you think of as a mm-hmm. traditional e-commerce product, but... Some people would say, oh, I wish I had collections. Can you just sell cases? I'll buy it all. And so that's how we knew to to sell cases was just talking to customers. Even hmm. to this day when I was first starting out and we had a few abandoned cars, I just emailed them manually and said, hey, quick question. Why why didn't you you pay? And they said, oh, you don't have PayPal. 
So that's why I put PayPal on the website because the user said it, it stopped me from buying. And absolutely, that's great when you're starting out, but you can't do that over time as you grow. And that's why the heat maps are so powerful where you can see if people are kind of hovering over where your uh, PayPal button could be. Are they looking for something? Are they looking for Amazon paid? Do they wish you had shop pay enabled? Are they looking for discounts? And sometimes it's even just doing the the same thing. It's a great example of following the data versus following your, your gut with something like SMS or uh, the website pop-ups. Some people really like that, especially like Dan with Unbound Merino. We talked about it a little bit. He could easily, if uh, an item is going out of stock or if they're pre-ordering it, I was on the Beard Brand website earlier today and they've got uh, a new product launching. It might, customers might want to turn on notifications so they don't miss it. It's hard to say, oh, you know what? People Mm. don't really want to be texted by brands or they, Mm. you might not, but your customers might. (laughs) It's it's so true. Um, yeah, I I think that assumptions are are not a good thing when you're when you're running a store. When you when you think that you know who you, your customers are, I've I've had so many clients tell me we know who our customers are and we know what they want, um, and I kind of have to I have to put a question mark next to that and say. Uh, uh, where where is the evidence? <laughs> and, um, and obviously, putting it in a more tactful way. But let's first look at the data and see if that idea bears things out. So, um, if we've got some time, I'd love to tell you about uh, uh, an amazing anecdote, which just kind of proves this point. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's hear it. So, um, uh, the same client of the search bar. Um, so their their revenue was sixty percent. Uh, subscription orders mm-hmm. they sold uh, they sold uh, pet food yep. and this this was a huge part of their business and um, and it was very important to them to have to make sure that that revenue stream was well looked after and they came to us and they said well we're we're having a lot of complaints through customer service people are finding their the the subscription uh, uh, the subscription service hard to use can we maybe make it easier for people to subscribe and that was almost sort of the wrong question to ask because what what we what we what we asked ourselves when we came into the situation was okay well what what are the users actually struggling with and what we did is we put ourselves in the shoes of a user we had a customer account created for us we logged in and we subscribed to to uh, some pet food and we looked at the at the the port the recharge customer portal and it was unusable it literally wasn't even working and this is a business whose whose revenue was sixty percent recurring orders. So we said, well, there's your problem. <laughs> your 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 recurring orders platform isn't even functioning. And we went in and did some some uh, some fixes and some bug uh, some uh, some bug fixes, and eventually ended up doing a retooling of their customer experience um, of the of the customer experience of the of the recharge portal. And customers ended up being a lot happier, and they started getting less customer inquiries, which drastically cut down on the overheads of their their customer service team. And suddenly, their customer service team was a lot happier. So, and it's it's that's actually quite an important point: is that not all of the benefits that can be had from a good user experience design exercise is in sales. It's also in what frees the rest of your team up to do their jobs a bit better. And when it comes to freeing them them up uh as just as we wrap up what are the if you had to pick one big mistake and one big thing to do or test what would you say the the winner and the loser is to use to use harsh language 
I, th- I, th- I think what it comes down to is just understand who your users are, have that relationship with them, uh, speak to them on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, have conversations with them, human conversations in your support desk, in your, in your live chat. Ask them, what are you struggling with on the website? Can, can, can we improve anything? And you might start getting some answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's a good place to start. Perhaps you don't even need a user experience designer. Maybe you just need to, to give your customers some love. Mm-hmm. One time, uh, we had a. It was our highest value customer by dollars spent, and he lived close enough that I said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to hand deliver your order, uh, grab a coffee, and we just chatted." Mm. And I learned so much from that, I love that of who he is and who he buys, and it's by actually talking to your customers, you learn is this typical or is this person an outlier? Mm. And and I'm sure you've heard of stories and maybe the listeners have heard of stories where that has been the case, where uh, a business owner sat down with one of their customers, mm-hmm. had a very revealing conversation and changed their whole business model just because it made sense to based on what they learned from that conversation. Yeah, like look at someone like at Ben Marino where they started as travel apparel, but they might find mm. their best customers just buy it because it's quality clothing they don't need to think about and make less decisions. And mm. you start talking about that on your website, on your product display pages, and all of a sudden your conversions go up just by simply changing your positioning. You're not mm. you're not doing new mm, products, exactly. you're not doing more R&D, you're literally exactly. just adding one word in there. Maybe. Yeah, you, you're you're just framing yourself to your customers in a way that they can understand, not how you think you should be positioning yourself, mm-hmm. and and that comes from having that relationship, from having that conversation. Absolutely, well, Quentin, we are up against the clock, uh, and, it, and it pains me because I feel like we could chat for three hours on <laughs> on this. People can find Love you it. at uxforge.io, like rolled up .io. Thank you for for joining me. Quick shout out to sponsor Shogun as well because they do offer A-B testing in their page builder app. So go check that out if you're on the fence to get started with seeing should we try a couple of different designs or a different homepage. Quinton, anything else to add before we uh, roll it up? Yeah, I mean, it's not about the fancy tools. It's not about the uh, how, you know, how good your... uh, even how good your designer is or how, how fancy the software or the technology that you use is, it is really about that relationship with the customer and making sure that you're thinking about their priorities and putting yourself in their shoes when they're buying from you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Make sure you've subscribed and make sure you're following Quentin on Twitter. It's They Call Me Q. We call him Q. We call him Q. <laughs> I got the, the letter right, everything else wrong. Thank you so much. And yeah, go, uh, go leave a review. Cheers. Cheers. Getting an appearance on television in primetime can lead to a large number of sales. Just ask anyone who was in the tank pitching their business or the co-founder of TB12 what happened after he won the Super Bowl or whatever I'm allowed to call it in this ad for ShipBob. TB12 had four times their normal sales volume in December and they were able to get all of those orders out on time because they're partnered with ShipBob. 
you can partner with ShipBob too. Head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see what difference it could make for your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to TripleWhale.com and sign up today.